Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to another episode of Real People, Real Talk. The podcast ministry that takes you from surviving to thriving in your faith, your relationships, and your mental health. Man, I got a word for you today. The freedom that's found in forgiveness. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss this episode. But before we get started, I want to share with you about my Patreon page. Patreon is a fundraising site for creators such as artists, singers, and podcasters like myself. We currently have four tiers. So tier number one is bronze and that's $5 a month. You will get a personal thank you note from me as well as a thank you video. The silver level, $10 a month, you get everything in bronze as well as a shout out from our Instagram page and a follow. Level three is our gold membership and that's $25 a month. You get everything that's found in the silver as well as an on-air thank you during the episode and a thank you by name in the show notes and the access to a monthly devotional blog. And then you have the platinum level. That's $50 a month. You get everything from the gold level. I will send you a personal birthday card. Uh, we do a one-on-one chat. Plus, your topic suggestion will have the highest priority. And you will also be invited to join the show by way of voicemail answering the question, how do you go from surviving to thriving? So you have your bronze at $5, silver at $10, gold at $25, and platinum at $50 a month. You can also specify a different amount, and you can always cancel at any time. So this podcast ministry has been a blessing to you, or if you have just been enjoying the content and you want to be a blessing right back, I want to invite you to support the show through my Patreon link. It's going to be found in the show notes. It literally will take you 60 seconds. Thank you in advance. But enough of that. Let's talk. Today in God's word, we're going to see three things. Number one, relationships matter to God. And number two, we see a proper way to resolve conflict. Oh, yeah, we're going there. And number three, we see the power and the freedom that's found in forgiveness. Our text for today is Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. And just a friendly reminder, variety is a spice of life. So sometimes it's going to be solo episodes, more like a sermon. Then, of course, we want to have our conversation where I interview people and we talk about all things surviving to thriving. So stay tuned. So I'm read for you verses 15 through 17. And here is the best part of the episode. The absolute best part of the sermon is God's word. That's much better than any commentary that I have to add to it. But verse 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. But if he doesn't listen to you, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you a Gentile and a tax collector. In these verses, we see a three-step plan towards conflict resolution. The first phase, we see one-on-one interaction. 
Friend, we get a lot more accomplished when we talk to God and talk to that person instead of talking to other people about the person that has hurt us. In other words, stop gossiping. Yeah, I said it. Then the second level is this two on one. In other words, you have another witness, another mature person that offers a different perspective and preferably a neutral party. Then the third level is a church on one. Take them before the church. And this is not saying, you know, especially like with me working in the mega church, you're not saying we go bring this one person out and they got to talk to all these thousands of people. No, it's talking about bringing along some other people in the church, in the community of faith to have a conversation. And this is not to gang up on that person, but it's really saying to that person, I care about you enough not to give up. So three steps, you have a one-on-one conversation. If that doesn't work, bring in a neutral third party that's very mature. And then the, the last level is to bring in other members of the church. As believers, we are the body of Christ. In other words, we should walk in love and unity because we are family. But just like with any family or any relationship, conflict naturally arises. And I'm going to be honest with you. You can't sweep everything under the rug because if you sweep enough junk under the rug, eventually everybody will be tripping. All right. You have to address the mess. First, you must preferably determine, like, is this something for those of you that may have been hurt or offended? First, you got to preferably determine if this is something that must be confronted because there are some things that you should simply let go of. And then there's some things that need to be addressed. Now, here I want to offer you some powerful phrases as it relates to conflict resolution and the relationships and ultimately forgiveness. Here we go. Number one. I'm sorry. Number two, I was wrong. Number three, please forgive me. Sometimes these short phrases are hard to say and it takes some humility. I don't know. Maybe you're listening to this right now and you need to have a conversation with somebody just to clear the air. And I just want to encourage you, don't put that off, but rather to address the mess. And maybe saying, well, I'm waiting on them to come to me. Listen, somebody has to take the first step. And I'm so glad that Jesus took the first step with you and I as he extended mercy, grace and forgiveness. I don't know, my friend, maybe it's your spouse, a family member, a friend or a church member, whoever it is. We need to get things right because we can't be wrong with people and expect to be right with God. Because the Bible tells us in first John four and 20, if anyone says that I love God, And hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. In other words, a broken relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ is going to to disrupt our relationship. And it's going to disrupt our fellowship with our Father God. Once again, we can't be wrong with people and right with God. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 11 and verse 25, and when ye stand praying, Forgive if you have alt against any that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. Now, you may say, what if they don't accept my apology or what if they don't apologize when I bring it up to them? Well, you're only responsible for forgiving them. You're not responsible for them forgiving you. All right. So a lack of response 
It's not an indication of failure on your part. You can only do your part and trust God to handle the rest. So once again, the goal of conflict resolution is forgiveness, which is a vital key to healthy, lasting relationships. Now, verse 21 through 22, we'll pick up there. And when Peter came to him and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many times as seven? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And you see a lot of sevens going on. Now, seven times, according to Jewish culture, you can forgive a person three times for an offense. All right. But Peter, he doubles the number and adds one thinking that Jesus is going to be impressed. And so it depends on what translation you read. Some some will say 77 times. Others will say 70 times seven, which is 490. But at the end of the day, forgiveness doesn't have a number. So stop keeping score. Let me say that one more time, especially for those of us that are that are married. Forgiveness has no number. So stop keeping score. You know what? I'm just thinking about that. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't stop forgiving me after seeing number 77 whew, or seeing number 490. I'm so glad that God is gracious and merciful and extending forgiveness to you and me. Amen. Now, Jesus being the master storyteller that he is, he is going to use a parable to illustrate his point. A parable in its most simplest terms is this an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. Once again, a parable in its most simplest terms is this, an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. It's a short story designed to communicate truth and to use something familiar, as we're going to see about kingdoms and servants, to explain something unfamiliar, which is that of forgiveness. Once again, this is the best part of this sermonic episode, God's word. So listen up, my friend. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. It's a big number, y'all. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to the master all that has taken place. Uh Oh, somebody in trouble. Then the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I've had mercy on you? Are you about to see the big picture here? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father would do everyone to you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. That's a lot to unpack. But here we go. Now, different scholars say different things. So the exact number as you're comparing a talent to a denarii isn't the main point. So to sum it up and to bring it to our day and time, 
This guy was forgiven a debt that he could never repay. So think millions. But he refused to forgive somebody that owed him relatively little. Think hundreds or even thousands. Huge difference. Now, Ephesians 4 and 32 says this. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. God has forgiven you and he has forgiven me. Therefore, we have a responsibility to forgive others. You and I have been forgiven a debt that we could never repay. I feel like preaching. (laughs) But God in his mercy forgave us when our sin was oh so great. So when we repent of our sins and we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that's the gospel now, and we follow him, we can receive the gift of forgiveness. We had a debt that exceeded well beyond 10,000 talents, and it was called sin. Now, unforgiveness, on the other hand, it offends God. It displeases God. God has forgiven you for all of your sin. So who are you not to forgive others? God takes relationships and forgiveness very seriously. Now, to some people, forgiveness may seem like a weakness or it may seem like you're letting some undeserving person win or to to get away without any um, retribution. But forgiveness has no connection to weakness or even to emotions. Forgiveness is a choice. It is an act of the will. Forgiveness is not granted because the other person deserved it. <laughs> no one really deserves to be forgiven. You got you to pay for that, right? But forgiveness is a deliberate act of love, mercy, and grace. God has given that to us and expects us to give that to others. It's a decision not to hold something against somebody else, despite what this person has done to you. Now, there's a reward in forgiveness. And the first reward of forgiveness is this. You begin to look like Jesus to other people. When you begin to extend forgiveness to others, you're extending the same forgiveness you've received to the individual who needs to be forgiven. Who knows? Now think about this. Check this out now. Who knows? Maybe you showing forgiveness to somebody else could lead them to accepting Jesus's forgiveness and placing their faith in Jesus Christ. Who knows? In that capacity of forgiveness, you begin to resemble Jesus and you become more like God. Satan's agenda is destroyed by forgiveness. Let me say that one more time. Satan's agenda is destroyed by forgiveness. And when you refuse to forgive, you are right where the devil wants you. Proud, unmerciful and flat out disobedient. Now, forgiveness, as we already said, it is a choice, but trust is going to take time to rebuild. So once again, as we're talking about forgiveness, I just want to be real clear. Forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation. Forgiveness doesn't always mean reconciliation. In other words, you can forgive somebody, walk in love, speak to them, Pray for them, but not be as close to them as you once were. Sometimes you got to redefine the relationship and that's okay. In some cases, it's okay to love people from a distance. 
So I just want to rightly differentiate that. But the main thing is this. You need to seek God and ask him to reveal to you your next steps. Maybe there needs to be reconciliation or maybe there need to be forgiveness, but a relationship defined differently. Now, forgiveness means that you are no longer allowing the pain to destroy you. You're not allowing this pain to define you. You're not allowing this pain to own you. Forgiveness will free you from the chains that are holding you back from being closer to Christ. Forgiveness means that you have dropped the charges. In other words, this person has, they, they did the crime, but you forgave them and you dropped the charges. Because we did the crime. We did the sin. But God forgave us and he dropped the charges. So let's make it practical. Let's make it plain. Something you can use on a practical level. Forgiveness is resisting revenge. Forgiveness is even wishing them well. Forgiveness includes praying for the person that may have offended you. Forgiveness may even mean you're helping them in their time of need. And a quick note about unforgiveness. I've heard this before that unforgiveness is like drinking poison, but you hope that the other person will die. In other words, as it relates to unforgiveness, the only person that you're hurting is yourself. Unforgiveness is a weight that will slow us down and hinder our relationship with the Lord. And you got, you got to know this about unforgiveness. You're not punishing them. They may be out living their best life. Why are you mad and sad? All right. You're only punishing yourself. And I want you to experience the freedom that's found in forgiveness. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's not easy. It's not always easy to forgive others. But that is what Jesus has commanded us to do. And for those that name the name of Jesus Christ, we should be about obedience and doing what God has called us to do. Now, even if the other person is not really sorry. We still have to forgive and give it over to God. Now, once again, I continue to be honest with you. This is the area of my life I'm constantly crying out to God about. I'm always asking God to help me to forgive and let things go more quickly. In the past, y'all, I could hold on to a grudge. You hurt me. I'm going to remember that. Now, I wasn't the type to go after you and get revenge, but I was the type to hold on to a grudge like, Oh, you did that. Oh, I'm going to remember that. But God has been at work in my heart and continues to work on me as I surrender all of that over to God. Because, guys, unforgiveness is a prison. Unforgiveness is a prison. It's a terrible prison, but you don't have to stay there. Forgiveness is that key to unlock that door. Maybe after listening to this, you need to set aside some time to get along with Jesus, to search your heart and pray to him concerning any bitterness and unforgiveness that may be in your heart. Who do you need to have a conversation with? Yep. That person that just came to your mind. Who do you need to apologize to? Who do you need to forgive your spouse, family member, coworker, classmate? Who is it? Are you currently holding a grudge? or harboring bitterness against a person or even an organization. I don't know. Maybe it's a church. Maybe it's a past job. Who knows? You got to let it go. And what is keeping you away from forgiveness? I just want to encourage you, my brother. And I just want to encourage you, my sister, 
to make the first step because you are one step away from freedom because there is freedom in forgiveness. I want you to ask for God's help. Release that person, release him, release her and be free today, my friend, because the more you hold on to the unforgiveness, the more you hold that grudge, the more you hold on to that offense, the more it hurts you, the more it consumes you and the more it weighs you down. Do yourself a favor and forgive. Forgiveness is not done in your own strength, but in God's strength. As the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 13, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Forgiveness is not a head problem. It's a heart problem. But today or tonight or whenever you are listening to this, this is your moment. This is your time to get your heart right with God. So check this out. I'm concluding today's episode differently. No announcements. No music. I'm just going to leave you with this. There's good news. God not only commands us to forgive, but he also provides the power to forgive. And that's through his Holy Spirit. And my prayer for you is this, that you will find the freedom in forgiveness. In Jesus name. Amen.